0: Very good indeed. Yes, any better I'd be dangerous. Um, (laughs) So uh, it's a big week. It's a very big week. I'm very excited, Matt. It's the second major of the year, the PGA Championship from uh, South Carolina and Kiwa Island. Um, Are you uh, as excited about this as I am?
1: Absolutely. Um, I've spent most of the last 48 hours watching course flyovers and the like. So yeah, very <laughs> much excited for this week. I can't wait for Thursday.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm, uh, I've am i been wrecking my brains. Uh, I've only just come up with my selections uh, uh, and the, I've pretty much spent most of the day doing it when I should have been doing more, probably more important <laughs> things, but, uh, but this is pretty important to me. So uh, I've, I've gone through it and wrecked my brains and and thought about it from all sorts of angles and finally come up with my decision. So um, I'll be looking forward to sharing those with you later and looking forward to hearing yours as well. Sure. Uh, So um, without further ado, uh, thanks uh, once again to our sponsor, Star Sports, the gentleman's bookmaker. I'll be talking about an offer that they have um, coming up through the show. But let's go back to last week and uh, let's talk just briefly about about the AT&T Byron Nelson. Um, we we both did uh, ended up doing okay out of it. You considerably better than me because you tipped up um, Pat and Kazier at 150 to one, and he and he runs a place so well done to you on that. Uh, and I tipped up Daniel Berger at considerably shorter odds than that. Uh, I think he was about 16 to one, and he but he started from a. He rattled home actually with a really good um, 67 on Saturday and a scintillating 64 on Sunday um, to 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 creep into to a tie for third place with Pat and Kezarra as well. So, what looked like a pretty what looked like it was going to be a pretty awful week for both of us it actually turned out okay, didn't it?
1: It certainly did, yeah. And um, for those of you who follow me on Twitter, I was spouting my my usual uh, disgruntled nonsense um, when. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was going my way for sure. Um it for me, my picks were were there or thereabouts on on Friday and put themselves in a really good position. And then Saturday was moving in the wrong direction for my lot. Um so yeah, it was it turned out really well to be honest. 150 to one full place is absolutely not to be sniffed at, especially the way um the event rounded out. And I think it turned it from a bit of a nothing week for me to to putting plenty of money back in my PGA fund.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well done. And, and, and great tip with Patton. Cause I, um, he's a, he's a good girlfriend uh, and that's a great, that's a great price. And that's what we're trying to do here. We're, we're not always going to pick the red hot favorites. We're trying to find guys with value that even for a minimal layout, you'll get a nice return each way. So, and that's exactly what that was. So, so that was excellent. Let me just go through the, um, the top sort of 10 here uh, on the, on the tournament itself. I, uh, uh, you know, as I've been talking about before, I've I've been a big proponent of of Sam Burns, and I was kind of pretty sick on myself the other week when I missed him, uh, when he got his um, maiden victory at the Valspar, and I was about to give myself a massive uppercut uh, uh, when he, <laughs> when I thought he was going to run uh, two weeks on two, you know, uh, and actually because um, he took a week off after the Valspar, and then this is his first event back at the AT and T Bar in Nelson, and he just about wins again. Um, but, um, K.H. Lee, congratulations to him. Um, don't know a lot about this guy. He's sort of come from the clouds a little bit. Um, but and played a, f- a pretty nerveless final round um, of 66, um, an excellent the weekend of uh, 67 and 66, to finish uh, 25 under for the tournament. Actually, a comfortable three shots ahead of Sam Burns, who, fi- who finished a second alone on 22 under with a final round 70. Patton Kazai, Daniel Berger, Scott Stallings, and Charles will all tied for third on 23-under. Um, Troy Merritt had a, had a good last day. at last round 65 to finish tied seventh with uh, Bramlett. And then uh, Jonathan Vegas and Seamus Power, who um, actually was looking very good there for a while, just had wheels come undone a little bit on the last day with a final round 70, finished tied ninth with Doc Redman and Jordan Spieth. So, um... Yeah, i uh, interested to know your impressions of this tournament. Anything you took away from it, Matt?
1: Yeah, I mean, to talk about the top two a little bit first, I think Burns was incredibly impressive. I think what's most impressive is that, despite him, him having a week off in the middle, he won at Valspar, which is a, a pretty tricky course, and then at Cophead, and then to play um, a track like um, Craig Ranch, wasn't it? Um, and then yeah. it was a really easy course, um, and there were birdies everywhere. And I think to show that, amount of, of versatility and being able to score and pile in birdies when it's needed and then to get up and down and grind at a place like like Copperhead is, is a credit to him really and he's really announcing himself as one of the talents on tour. Um, equally, I think KH Lee was remarkable on the weekend. I think he, would, he shot 65, 65, 67 and 66. And that's yeah. shooting 25 under through having no bad rounds, sort of what, shooting what, three, six under, seven under on average, like four rounds in a row. I think that's not to be sniffed at, especially because when you look at the top of this leaderboard, it didn't play as easy on Sunday for the leaders as it did for everyone else. You look mm. at a lot of the, the players, Kaziah included, nine under, Berger was eight under. I think Merritt shot about seven under, but these weren't, Players who were out late on often they were they were much earlier on, and then Burns only shot a couple under. I think it was the same for Seamus Power, like you say, It was really well set, um, as was Doc Redman, but only managing a couple under, and for K. H. Lee to be to be leading and shoot a, a really solid six under in some worse yeah. conditions, um, including having to go off for the rain and come back on. I think that's a credit to him, and he was was nerveless, like you say.
0: Yeah, I, I was I was blown away by the guy. I was waiting. I, I kind of thought uh, throughout the day, uh, Burns is going to going to nab this guy because he's going to get the he's going to realise where he is and what he's about to do at some stage, and he's going to he's going to brick it. Not a not a bar of it. He absolutely was just hard as nails. He he, he, he didn't even look um, worried. He, and his swing was metronomic all day. As the rain came down, I thought, oh, the rain break will serve Burns well and, and he'll and he'll storm back into this. And, and I kind of was hoping that he, in some ways we wouldn't because, as I say, I've kind of tipped that guy up for bloody months and then to miss him and then maybe miss him two weeks in a row, I was thinking, no, I couldn't. Please don't do this to me. But the But he... But as I say, um, not not a bar of it. K actually was uh, absolutely brilliant, and uh, yeah, fair play to the guy. Um, yeah, I th- I thought um in, in terms of anyone else, I, I kind of uh you know, I, I was very impressed by Burger's um you know rattling uh, finish there. That was that was very good. Uh, and and Spieth, uh, he kind of fell apart on the final day a little bit. I th- I kind of thought you know, he had a either Sunday um sorry a sixty six on Saturday. Uh, which, uh, which kind of placed him within striking distance if he'd got off to a good start. But um, he just seemed to just tire himself out at the end. I'm not sure really what happened to Jordan there. What about you? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think Jordan, it was, whether he wants to admit it or not, I think it, it was just his main priority last week was getting ready for for this week. And I think it was a weird event for him to come back and play, but was in his home state, isn't it? And you think... He played really well. Like you say, Sunday was nothing to shout about, but Spieth has those rounds. He's not had many of late, sort of, in his his real run of form, but when he's not got it together, sometimes it it plays like that. And I listened to his interview afterwards, and he was talking about he he felt like he was hitting it solid, but just not making anything and not making the most of his opportunities. And he was saying, at a track like that, you can't afford to have a one-under, two-under round, because a good round there is, what, six-under, seven-under? So I think he he felt like it was a reasonable prep because he can have a 1-under, 2-under round this week. That's no problem at all. Whereas last week, if you're not up with a pace, you're going to go go dramatically backwards down the leaderboard. I think yeah. it was a, a really interesting leaderboard just in terms of, it's a weird, a who's who of sort of the ranks of 200s and 300s in OWGR. You yeah. like some merit and Bramlett and power. And even if you go a bit further down, I think when we get back to this venue next year, what I will probably do is go a bit scattergun on good putters Because you look down, even looking down as far as like Luke Donald's come 13th. Now, Luke Donald is not going to come 13th on anything close to a real test Tito Green. He's Mm -hmm. just not at that point. So I think you look down and you've got Robert Oppenheim, people like that who are really good putters, but you wouldn't expect to see anywhere near a leaderboard. Ryan Armour, the same. Um, So I think I would definitely opt for long shots, not just because you've got Lee who won it close to 200s, but just there are... There are plenty of names that would have been any price you want who just got hot on certain days, and um, because I have been been one of them. Yeah, I
0: think um, uh, yeah, but well, one of those players for me uh, were very much in the f- uh, in the shape of Luke Donald as well, who played very well on on Thursday and Friday, and and I and, and kind of fell into a little bit of a hole on Saturday and Sunday was Alex Norrin. I thought he you know he looked quite dangerous there for a while, but then mm-hmm. fell away a little bit. But as you say, it was a it was yeah very much a who's who on the leaderboard, uh, and a real wide sort of array of um of uh, of of guys that you wouldn't usually see. So yeah, a, a interesting first event there. Um, very gettable course, um, and uh, it'd be interesting to see uh you know who sort of lines up for that next year. All right, well let, let's. Let's come uh, on to what we really want to talk about now for, the, for this week. And we're going to spend a bit of time on this because obviously we've got some picks to go through and just a, a kind of a, 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 a sort of a look at uh, the impressions so, uh, before this tournament starts of the course itself. So it's the USPGA Championship. It's at Kiwa Island uh, in South Carolina, which as the Golf Digest uh, ranks as the hardest golf course in America. So this is, you know, this is a brute. This is really, really, um, you know, this is not to be trifled with. 7,876 yards, past 72. A peak die designed. If the wind gets up here, uh, it, it can be uh, probably feeling more like 10,000 yards. So th- this is going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, I think it will be, depending on what the weather does, if it blows at any stage of the day, uh, you know, morning to afternoon or what have you, it could be that your golfers could be caught on the wrong side of the draw here, because it, I think this is going to be exponentially harder. Uh, if the wind blows at a certain part of the day, if it, and if it doesn't in another part, so that's just going to be a little bit luck of the draw. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this looks like it's going to be um, a, a really, uh, a really searching test for across four days. Uh, and, before, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, on golfing Twitter this week about distance over accuracy or, uh, you know, what are you valuing more here and, and that sort of thing. So, so before we delve into our picks, Matt, what what were you, what did you decide to kind of look for in, in your kind of approach to your selections?
1: If I'm completely honest, I struggled this week because – It's a course that they haven't played since 2012. That's nine years old. There's all manner of corollary courses that various outfits and tipsters and the rest of it are put out as what they believe to be a good um, correlation with Kiowa. Um, Whistling Straits being one of them. I watched a Bubba Watson interview for a while where he compares them to being almost the same, except ones by a lake and ones on the coast. Um, There's the peak die aspect. So you could compare compare it to other peak die tracks. Um, just in the fact that it is described as a second shot golf course. We know about Dye designs, but it's a world away from your harbour towns and your places like that. Um, Despite having similar challenges, it's just not the same course. It's about 1,500 yards longer. So I went through a stage, uh, it was Sunday while I was watching the golf actually, to thinking about just looking at modeling and stats and then thinking about trying to incorporate different courses and looking at the previous leaderboard and looking at the sort of players that did well there um and then basically overthought everything to the point where I just decided that I wasn't helping my own process and kind of just went back to what I would normally do for an event like this so I've stuck largely to to stats metrics with a little bit of contextual information but rather using that context to confirm what I already wanted to go for, um, rather than trying to let narrative rule my stats, if that makes sense. Because when you've got this much information, major championship season, everyone's got an opinion, you could convince yourself to back anyone based on context and wind players and the rest of it. So I've sort of gone full circle and I'm going to just opt for simplicity, um, I hope. Um, which is kind of what I decided to do last week when I was struggling and it came through with me with Keziah. So I'm hoping to do the same this week, but yeah, sort of full circle and then back to basics. So the ones that I'm looking at are around the green, I think it's going to be incredibly important. Um, I started out on Sunday thinking driving distance, driving distance, driving distance. But in reading, the more I read, the less I think that's going to be the be all and end all. I think it will be important. I know it's an obvious benefit, but I think, you're gonna miss greens here, whether you drive it long or not. There's got they've got those shaved runoffs that are gonna be important. So around the green game, getting up and down is gonna be vital. Um so around the green game, driving distance um and greens in reg are what I've ranked quite highly. Um I find really interesting that they're on past basilum, I think I think it's called. Um so it's the sort of greens which is less grainy than than any other set of greens and seems to be simpler to to coin it for a layman's term to, to put on, which I think could be an equalizer. Um, people are talking quite a lot about people who have form on that sort of grass. You yeah. Victor Hovland who's won in it. Um, it's at the Saudi International and the Euros. But I think you need to take that with a pinch of salt because because Victor Hovland won the events he's won because he's an excellent golfer. Not, I don't think, because he's an excellent putter on a certain type of grass. So mm-hmm. I, I think again, you could convince yourself based on all manner of stats and context, but I think you need to take that pass, pass, and grass on, uh, yeah, on the paper it's written on, because I'm not sure that's an enormous indicator, but what I do think is that it might equalise putting for your your less strong putters and might help them to kind of be closer to the median putter, if that makes sense, um, yeah. and might help your, your weaker putters, and we all know I like a weak putter in my lineup. so <laughs> Um Yeah, I, I
0: kind of, after a thinking about it pretty much solidly for the last two or three days um fields and and as you say looking at past you know when is it's important to note here that the you know Rory McIlroy who who won so convincingly at quiet Hollow for a third time uh two weeks ago uh and 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 basically completely 180 his form and uh and, and 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 had a bigger comeback than Lazarus is 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 the past winner of this event of a PGA championship at this very course nine years ago. So that's Mm -hmm. very important to note for, uh, for, for, for for sort of students of past form. And the shots more or less. Yeah. uh, You know, uh, and so, uh, and he's shown on the bookmakers uh, books as a very warm, uh, one of the very warm favorites as a consequence. So, uh, you know, take that. You know, at your, you know, at your sort of, uh, at, at your leisure as to what you what want to do with that. For me. I, I won't take Rory for the week, and and I put it out there because quite simply, not because I don't think he'll win. I think he's he's a very good chance of winning, but I just can't I'm not. But that's not the way I bet in terms of looking at, at, at odds like that because I'd I'd have to put out a lot for you know for a for a decent return. I'm I'm trying to find value, so I'm going to put it out there now. Um, the, the as you said, and um, what I looked at was uh, it's a coastal course. Um, we know that, and and it is prone to you know wind conditions and what have you. Uh, I, I was also uh, you know very concerned with driving distance for for a good long time, and then I saw some of the shots of the course itself, and 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 can see that the fairways are, are relatively skinny at points, and there's some pretty deep rough out there. So. If you do, you know, get it wrong, you, you are going to be struggling out of the, out of some of this rough. So I'm I'm a little bit, uh, I, I've I've m- measured my thinking a little bit on the on the driving distance thing, and mm-hmm. and and put a couple of golfers in there as well that I think, a. Are good at getting it on fairways and be are, are good at if they miss green scrambling and, and uh, getting it up and down. I, I've decided that across four days, I think that's going to be a very, very uh, as it is, and a lot it always is. And in the PGA Championship and the US Opens, it tends to be you, you know, you get it on the short stuff as, as quickly as you can and and and, and scrambles and part as best you can. So, I I too have have, have kind of gone away from from distance 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 and just um and and modified that with a couple of other factors as well um so before we go into who we like uh i just want to say um uh, just a little promotion that star sports is running so star sports is running a uh a mr cut money back promotion which is really great uh, if you uh, if you Take a bet with Star Sports on your golfer, and he misses the cut, uh, they will give you um, money back as a free bet, so you can can go again, uh, which is you know pretty good. Uh, terms and conditions apply, um, and have a look at Star .bet uh, for the for the promotion. So uh, a nice promotion there. You can have a go. Odds kind of guy if he doesn't if he doesn't come in over the weekend he doesn't get to the weekend they'll give you money back as a free bet so you can ante up on on someone else so um yeah okay let's uh let's go down to the actual selections themselves um i'll start this week for a change uh and uh and and i'll i'll run you through mine so because of, of what I just said about, uh, uh, about the ability to get up and down and scramble and, and, and kind of get and accuracy, I'm trying to marry accuracy with length if I can. And if I can't, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to, as I say, trying to find guys who will, who will scramble and putt well. So my first bet uh, for this, this week is Daniel Berger. Now, I'm going to go with Berger because I was so impressed with the way he rallied last week uh, in Texas. Uh, he, uh, you know, his last round, uh, his final round, eight hundred was 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 absolutely scintillating, and 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 as you say, he probably got the better of the weather conditions, but still, the original, was testing, and the, by the time he was sort of got to his final nine, it was, it was starting to rain pretty steadily. I I really like Berger because he scrambles so well. Um, he, he, he's a you know he's he's a very accurate kind of golfer. Um, yes, he is not the longest off the tee. But 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 in terms of getting he he ranks um, he ranks tenth on the PGA Tour this year in greens and regulation, which I really like, and uh, and nineteenth in strokes game putting. Uh, so around the dance floor, there are not many better than Daniel Berger. He, he he's 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 won he won at Pebble Beach this year. He's been in a really solid vein of form. Um, yes, will his distance comparative lack of distance um, compared to some of the bombers. Hurt him a little bit, possibly, but if he gets if, if he follows up with that greens and regulation stat of being top ten in the PGA this year, I think that could really stand to him. And and I I know what a good scrambler and and putter Daniel Berger is. He's 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 tough as teak when it comes to the green. So I'm I'm going to go Daniel Berger as my first bet. He's currently at thirty to one Star Sports bet, which is a bit short. But but I, well, I, I he's done well for me uh, Daniel Berger over the last few months and I'm gonna I'm gonna stay loyal to him because I think he's I think he's really coming into his own. My next one um, is Stan Burns. He's currently at fifty to one with Star Sports. I, I'm not gonna I, I I'm probably gonna give this guy the kiss of death by backing him now because I've, as I say every time he's kind of becoming a little bit of a phantom for me. Every time I, I you know backing me doesn't do well and then when I, at, at any old money, but I, but I think what I read the, re- the my rationale for backing Burns this week is that he is uh, ha- what you were saying baseball terms he's on a heater or in, in basketball terms he's on he has a hot hand like he's just in the zone at the moment he's in the form of his life you can see it when he's golfing he he, he, he and because he's had that maiden maiden PGA tour win now. He's got the monkey off his back. He doesn't have to worry about securing his card and all that sort of stuff. He's got it. He's he's in. He's for two years. He's he's golden. The course itself marries up to his... Uh, he's, he's he's very long off the tee. Uh, he ranks very highly off the uh, tee uh, and driving distance. He's been putting the lights out of the uh, in the last couple of weeks, and I just think we are seeing a man a young man who's realising his potential. I've long uh, uh, touted this guy as a guy with tons of potential. I think we're seeing it now. I think he's in the form of his life. And I think 50 to 1, uh, you know, when you can get 10 places somewhere is is, is pretty decent for Sam Burns. So I'm going to say that his tail's up and, uh, and he's <laughs> going to carry on because I just think he he can reach these greens uh, sorry he can he can re- he can reach this course 6800 yards is not a major uh, issue for Sam Burns and he's just seeing it like a bus like seeing the golf ball like a basketball at the moment so i just think he's in in great form my my third pick is gary woodland he's currently at 100 to 1 with star sports the reason i've picked woodland is because i picked him a few weeks ago as you know at uh, at the Valspar, and he fell out the back of the tv on the thursday then he came back around uh, at Quail Hollow and and a, a very tough course as we all know and played superbly uh, uh, to be uh, up and around the lead for the entire four days and and really only was a was a was a poor final round on Sunday it wasn't. Kind of stalled and stalled out for to end up um, being in fifth. But but what was so impressive about Woodland on that day was uh, it, it was he was absolutely back in the zone and he'd said and I because I've been following Woodland he's been saying I'm feeling great I'm over my injury it's so good to be over my injury I'm feeling pain free for the first time in months. Then he had COVID which kind of derailed his um, comeback. But I believe that uh, what we saw at Quail Hollow with a very very strong. Um, the first three days when he was challenging McElroy for the lead, and he was right there on the Sunday as well. Is the what he was is where he is, and he made a comment to Dot, Dottie. Um, I forget her last name, who's on the American um, Golf Channel. She, uh, she, she, He made a comment to her saying, "I found something in my swing. I've I'm, it's about staying more still in my takeaway and my in my swing, and I've found something that's really, really working for me, and I'm really, really excited." And that's what she was saying there on this, I think it was on the Saturday uh, during uh, during a very good round of Quail Hollow. And so he's obviously found something. He's pain free. This course once again he, he is will, will suit him because he's long and he's when he's when he's feeling good and swinging well, he's nice and straight too. What the other thing about Willian is he's won a major. He's won a U.S. Open on a very tough Tory points. He knows how to win well, uh, win at majors. And I just think that he found something. It started to work from Quail Hollow. He's had a couple of weeks to 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 refine what he found, and 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 as I say, now he's been pain free and 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 good form with a with a good finish at Quail Hollow. I think he could kick on, and I think a hundred to one is a great price each way for, for for Gary Woodland. My next pick is Jason Kokrak. He's one hundred and twenty five to one with Star Sports. Kokrak, I really like at this price. I think he's he's not. He's kind of an unfashionable, kind of almost like you would say, an unsexy kind of golfer. I think the market kind of overlooks Kokrak and, and he plays tough course as well. He's plenty long enough, which once again will stand to him. Uh, he's nice and straight. He's got good hands around the green. And and I think Kokrak, um, for me, I just saw him as a good value proposition. Uh, and I think, he, you know, he's he's, he's consistent. He's... He's won that maiden. He's once again. He's like Sam Burns. He's had that maiden PGA Tour win. He's got that monkey off his back. I think he can swing a bit free and let his. Let the, you know, the big fella can kind of let his arms free and and I think he's a. I think he's a good shout at one hundred twenty five to one for, a, for a, a a good prospect to to run a place anyway. And and my last bet for uh, for the PGA Championship is one that I've been kind of I've been watching him and and I and he did really well the other week uh, and that's Cameron Davis he's currently two hundred to one with Star Sports bet now Cameron Davis I tipped him a couple of weeks ago at Quail Hollow at one hundred and twenty five to one and he very nearly ran a place so I I'm re- I was really happy with his performance Davis is ranked thirteenth in driving distance this year on the PGA Tour and I think that. You know that will stand to him well uh, here. What concerns me about Davis is he's he's nearly down the end of the field in driving accuracy, which which I'm a bit worried about, and uh, and and obviously is probably the reason why he's two hundred to one. But what I but I just see a lot of potential in Davis. Is I I kind of see him in the Sam Burns kind of model. He's plenty long off the tee, being thirteenth on the year in driving distance. He's got a good game. He's 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 had a. a He's he's had a good a, a number of good performances this year, but he just seems to have one sloppy round that seems to just seems to throw him out. I'm I'm doing Cameron Davis as a it's just as a as a as an each way value prospect to two hundred to one. I think um, if he gets away and he gets good conditions and he gets his tail up, he could run it. You know, he could run maybe even better. So those are my, those are my picks for
1: for this week. And uh, over to you, mate. Thank you very much. Um, so I've thought long and hard about this, and I'll be honest, when we started this recording, I was still um an R ah in between two golfers. Um, so I've landed on one now. Um, actually, something that like you said just made me land on one. So I'll start from the top now. I was tweeting earlier in the week about a golfer who is an absolute elite golfer in the world. He's number one in the world, in fact. And for some reason, he's the ninth favourite for this tournament. No, sixth favourite for this tournament, Mm. which is just mental. I don't understand it. And now he was 20 to one. It's Dustin Johnson. Um, Mm. That price is actually gone. He's still there's plenty of A-teams about. Um, So... I've availed myself of the 20s, but I'd advise backing at 18s. I'm not usually one to back at these short prices. Um, And Johnson burned me once when I backed him earlier in the season at quite a short number. But that price is just wrong. I cannot understand how he is the place that he is in the market. There could be talk about form. Where, where actually he's he's not been particularly hot. I mean, his numbers don't add up badly at all, but he's not been showing the form that he was of a couple of months ago when he looked absolutely relentless or the Masters before Christmas. But this is a, a golf course that is an extremely long golf course. Dustin's game should be excellent. He drives it an incredible distance when he's on his irons are amazing. And I think he's actually one of the best wind players in the world. He's incredible in the wind. And I just think all of those things add up to more than a a potential knee injury should take away from a price. For those who don't know, he withdrew from the Byron Nelson last week, um, stating that he had knee issues, which are, I think, dubious claims at best, given he was practising all day, apparently on Saturday um, at Kiawa. So I think he's probably seen the forecast for the Byron Nelson, which was a deluge, no less, on the weekend, um, and thought, actually, I'm going to stay at home. This is in his home state, remember. I'm going to go and I'm going to practise and I'm going to make sure I'm right for the big one. And... All that considered, I don't I'm not too worried about the injury and given that I don't understand how he's not second favorite. I, I'll talk a bit about John Ram just because I don't understand that price in comparison to Dustin Johnson's. I see no reason why he should be shorter in the market than DJ's. I kind of understand the Spieth recency stuff. Um, But generally, you've got Bryson and Thomas also in front of DJ in the market, who is a very similar price to Victor Hovland. And as much as I love Victor Hovland, I think his chipping is a weakness that he can't get away with as much here. And for me, Dustin Johnson is the value bet probably of the week, despite only being 20 to 1. So without delving too much into my usual stats, the price is just wrong. If he shows any sort of form in play, that price is going to absolutely tumble. Um, even if it starts well I think Dustin's price will will be a fraction of what it is within sort of five, six holes if he shows any sort of form so DJ yeah. is my first pick yeah. the next one was one that I deliberated on for a while and is actually the last one that I've added in um, and it's Web Simpson and I was thinking about what you were saying about how actually there are some landing spots where it's not just bomb and gouge. It's somewhere where you might need to be a little bit more precise off the tee. So Simpson this week is a little bit of kind of the, the anti-my team, if that makes sense. He's, it just yeah. thinking the course plays a different way. I've, I'm picking Webb because even if it plays long and he's, he needs to hit his hybrids, I don't think there's many better in the world at that. He's not a long driver, but he's not short either. He's kind of about a median on tour. But apart from that driving distance, his, he comes out incredible in my modelling. Um, he's around the green game. We know what Webb's like around the green. He's absolutely excellent. He's 15th in the world. Um, green's in regulation. He's 15th in the world. And then when I was looking at iron play for this tournament, instead of looking season long like I'll often look to look at people's baseline, I actually just modelled for the last three months, and he comes out at 17th in the world. And those figures are, are beyond the vast majority of golfers. And he's 45 to one. This is the number nine player in the world. And I just think that perhaps the bookies are are taking that 7,800 and whatever headline and incorporating mm. into the price without actually thinking about what it might take to win here. Because he's not going to be popular, I don't think, because he doesn't smash it a long way. But he is really good with his approaches from between one seven five and 200, 200 to 2.25, which I think could be important here. He did miss the cut here in 2012, which was in 2012. I think Webb's a far more consistent golfer, despite him winning his major that year. I think he's a much more elite golfer in terms of his game being rounded right now. So, And we know Webb can put two. so he's, he's kind of a bit different than my usual pick. And I just thought he seems quite long, given what I think the makeup of the course is. And if it plays any different than I think, if actually you do need to scramble quite frequently, then Webb's definitely a golfer I want on my team. And I think he's got the experience to... To find himself his second major because he's priced it around the market with with players for me who like abraham answers and yeah even zalatoris to a point that just don't have that experience to draw on like webb does <coughs> he's an old yeah. head what i think will handle the conditions and i really don't mind him and i think he's he's got a lot of place value in that 45 to one and whether he can cross the line or not my second um, my third bet sorry he's around the same price um and I'll be honest, when I started my research, I did not think I'd be back in this player because just his name doesn't scream to me USPGA winner. And it's Scotty Scheffler. Um, I was a tiny bit disappointed with Scheffler in Texas at the Byron Nelson. But again, going through the modelling, he comes out so ultra consistent in all the aspects I was looking at. He's pretty much top 30 on tour in driving distance around the green, greens and regulation and approach play, which is... Pretty good. Um now his putting isn't as good. Um he's about a hundredth, I think. And you are requiring him for a good putting week, but that therein lies my hope that um the type of greens this week might might offer a bit of an equalizer for for Scotty to hold some puts. Now, I was looking at previous major finishes and stuff like that. Um and he was T4 at Harding Park, so he's shown he can play well on a, a fairly tough, fairly long course. Um, he's a he's a Dallas boy, so um, anyone who's played golf in Texas is going to be fairly comfortable in the wind. So that's not something that concerns me um, in the slightest with, with Scheffler. I just think he, he makes up really well. And I know he's a very similar price to to Zalatoris, who normally I would have a punt on, but I think he's not as proven in wind. And also I've already won him anti-post, so I'm less likely to back him. But... I just think Sheffler's a really good fit for this course. Um, and I'd be really excited to see how he plays because he is part of that young crop of of Morikawa and Wolf and Hovland, maybe not quite as esteemed as a couple of those, but he's he's hit the frame an awful lot lately. And I think yeah. that T4 at, um, at Harding Park might yeah. set him up nicely for a run um, at his first major. Um, and the PGA is often the one where we find the most first-time major winners. He um, lies in the top 50 in the world, and we heard the stats all over the place before the Masters of the last 36 majors on the bounce going to a top 50 player in the world. So, yeah, Scottish Scheffler for me. Um, he's eight places at 50 to 1. You can get a slightly shorter price if you want to um, oblige yourself of the 11 and the 10 that's on offer, but I've taken eight um, to get a bit more juice on the outright. And then my my last two picks are very much flyers that I'm banking on for a bit of of place value. Um, There's reasons for them, um, but yeah, they're very much um, longer shots. The first of which is Chris Kirk. Now, you'll probably bother me saying his name, to be honest, Um, but I've put him up a few times. He's rewarded me plenty. Um, He played particularly well at Honda, which is quite a windy course and a tough course, which which impressed me. He comes out really well in the modelling, in everything bar driving distance. So he's kind of like one where I'm hoping if it's played slightly different. Um, he's excellent around the greens. He's excellent at greens and regulation. He's really good in his approaches, especially in the last three months. And I backed him at a, a Peak Dye design at Sawgrass and he was about 70 to one. And he was he ran really hot, died on Sunday and didn't place in the end. But he's more than double the price. Almost three times the price. And I think for a player that's been so consistent, if you look at his recent form, I think he's finished finished top 10 in five out of his last eight appearances, five out of his last seven appearances, which will do for me with 11 places on offer. I think he has the game if he can just haul a few putts um, to hit the frame here. And lastly is Stuart Sink, none other than. If you're going to look at the Lynxy type feel you might get from Kiowa. You need to look lo- no further than, than Sink. He's got his very own Claret Jug, um, seen of Tom Watson um, all those years ago. Um, and what surprised me when I was looking at this, he actually came out remarkably well in driving distance. I did a double take when I looked at the stats because um, Stuart Sink, in terms of driving distance on tour, is 23rd at the ripe old age that he is. Um, so he is longer than Scotty Scheffler, longer than Paul Casey, longer than um, Bubba Watson. Like, I just didn't expect to see that, to be honest. Mm, yeah. So I don't know what he's done with his driving, but he must be doing something right. Yeah,
0: he went and um, did, he, he said something that he 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 went and worked on it and got himself about another 40 yards just through through hard work. So, yeah, you're right to have um, uh, 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 highlighted that because... He is an outlier in driving distance, isn't he?
1: Yeah, it's remarkable, really, because he's driving it much longer than he used to when he was a a far younger man. Um, Mm. And then the rest of the stats. So around the green, he doesn't come out amazing on season long. I'm going to come back to that in a second, if it's all right. He's number one. He's number one on tour in greens in regulation. So hopefully he's not going to have to scramble too much. Um, And he's actually number three in approach play for the last three months, which just speaks to his form. What really attracts me to Sink is that there is plenty of shaved runoffs here. And what he can do here, just like he did at Harbour Town, where he lapped the field almost, he can put from off the green. And I was so impressed with his putting um, across the fairway and onto the green at Harbour Town um, at Heritage, because he was excellent. And every time he seemed like he left it a couple of feet from the hole for a tap-in. And he was never really worried about scrambling, because he was so good at just knocking it into that bin lid and then knocking it in. So if we think, yes, he's 129 on the season long stats for around the green, but if he has the opportunity to put from off the green, he's not going to be hacking it out the rough a couple of yards from the green like he would in a US Open. I think he makes up really well. and He's 160 to one. Now, when I do my stats, I try, as you know, to try and not look at names and try and ignore name value because it's so easy to be swayed by by your perception of someone and your bias beforehand. So I did like an anonymous model and I really liked whichever golfer that was. And then I read the name and it was Stuart Sink. He's 160s. It he just doesn't strike me with that stats makeup to be that long a price. So there's eight places available at 160s. And um, if you're interested um, and yeah, with his open pedigree, you shouldn't be worried too much about the wind either. Um, mm. So Stuart Sink. And then I have a last one. Sorry, I missed one off my list. I'm not going to say too much because I've backed him hundreds of times before. I'm backing just because he was 70-1 to earlier in the week with 10 places. Um, And it's Paul Casey. He's a general 50s. You can still get 70s um, for seven places now, I think. And he's just not a 70-1 to golfer in a major for me. Um, I looked at it straight away. I backed him without even looking at the stats because he's a really long price. And while I'm not 100% sure Paul Casey's going to win, he will be there or thereabouts, I think. He's been excellent this year in his all-round game. We talked a bit about his driving improvement. Um, He's he's lots of greens and regulation. His approach play has been good. I'm just in on Paul Casey. I like him as a golfer and I think he deserves a major. So I'm going to put my money behind him.
0: Mm. Okay, thank you, Matt. I'm very, very nervous about (laughs) <laughs> You're uh you've made me feel very, very un- uneasy and nervous about Dustin Johnson because I think you might be onto something there. I think he bo- I think he might be boxing clever because just Dustin Johnson's like that, isn't he? He's he he's shown a, a predilection in the past to kind of be awful one week and fantastic the next. But and I think a lot of the time it's a mindset thing with him. I think sometimes he just thinks. Oh, I can't be bothered being here. And uh, <laughs> do you know? Do you remember there was a, a, a last uh, a few months last year there was a tournament. I can't remember what it was Travelers was it Travelers? Yeah, he just gave up. Like I think he withdrew or something inside. Well, oh, no, sorry.
1: It. it would have been slightly before Travelers. He wouldn't Travelers when he went off at like 30 to 1, which is just insane because he'd been horrible for a couple of tournaments before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what had happened. He uh, he was so horrible the week before or a couple of weeks before. Uh he stuck he he, he got a 9 on something or an 8 on something. And he stuck three balls on the ho- in the hot in the water. He just and you can see he was just getting visibly pissed off and just thought, "Oh, Fuck it, you know, and uh, and and I get the feeling that is what Dustin Johnson is kind of like in his career. He's so good that he just, when he decides to turn it on, he turns it on. And as you say, when nobody—and I do mean nobody—can can send their irons to the exact distance like Dustin Johnson can, he is absolutely incredible if he is dialed in with his irons. So I think. You're making me feel queasy because I because I I think you are right and you make a very compelling case that he is just because he's um, has a finger quotes knee injury um, mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he he's been he's been kind of let drift by the market and he's plenty long enough and if and his and his irons are uh, are incredible and his putting is fantastic and so. I think it could be a bit of a rope a dope, uh, and couldn't he just, as you say, just couldn't be stuffed going to uh, uh, going out last week, and uh, yeah, and definitely. I saw some I saw some thing on Twitter of uh, of him the week before doing backflips off a boat into a lake. So uh, you know, um, I don't think he's that bad, and um, uh, so
1: yeah, I think you could be onto something there, Matt. Yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me if when interviewed this week, Dustin forgot all about the idea that he was meant to have a knee injury. And like you say, it was just some time to uh, for him to have a bit of time off and get ready for this week. Um, it's one of those. I, talk, I said on Twitter earlier in the week, it's a little bit like the Rory price at Quail, the JT price at the players. And if it was 14-1, to 1, I wouldn't be touching it. But it's not 14-1. And you don't often see that price about Dustin Johnson, the number one player in the world, let's not forget, in yeah. a major because... These are the players. He's going to up his game in a major. He's not won enough, in my opinion, um, and he's he deserves more than he's got. And I think this is an ideal spot um, for him to to hit the frame in a major again. Yeah, so.
0: and, and I think he's almost developing an almost Brooks ketka like mentality towards golf now, where he's thinking, uh, "I'll just I'll time my run for majors because that's what really matters to me." He he, he doesn't care. he's won enough PGA Tour events. He, you know, it's not like he needs the money. So uh, for him now, it's about um, prestige and, and legend, isn't it? Uh, or legacy. So uh, I, I, I think uh, timing has run, yeah, maybe his game hasn't been as good as it has been uh, what it was late last year when he was just absolutely in the zone. But uh, Dustin Johnson just needs to tweak it a few degrees and he's and, and he's back there again. And, and, and I'll know, I think we'll all know very quickly in the first day, if He starts sending those irons look like he can, uh, to within a few feet of the pin from 170, 180, 150 out, then we know, oh, shit, he's he's a, he's a, he's in. If he doesn't do that, then then it's open for everyone else. Um, so I'll be very, very interested to watch that. And I might actually, uh, I might actually, there's a uh, you know, I, I might just chuck him in my fantasy team because he uh, because he might just be um uh, i might might have i was overs, uh, over had a bit of an oversight there with him um okay uh, let's just is there anyone else on the uh, just in uh, as a rank rank outsider that you just think oh yeah i if i had a, a couple of euros each way i'd throw yeah. him in um, uh, I, I'm going to chuck you one in just as a rank, rank outsider. 400 to one is, uh, is Rasmus Hogard. Um, and the reason why uh, is, is this young European guy. Now, the Europeans have struggled over here in this year, and, and I've been burnt plenty of times to burn Wiesberger. But I'm going to I'm going to chuck you up Rasmus Hogard at 400 to one, just as a, hey, put a you know, a, a, for, for funny money. Um, because... He's plenty long enough on the tee. Uh, he, he ranks, I think, inside the definitely inside the top twenty, if not the top ten, in driving distance on the European Tour. Uh, and if uh, you know, if, if he if he gets away, he's a good ball striker. And if and if he and he's used to playing on these sort of greens, he could be somewhat interesting at four hundred to one. But that's a real, that's just a throwaway one. Just at the end of the show, is there anyone else that you want you see at a real price and think, oh, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's one I almost put up at an enormous price. I'm looking at them in front of me, scribbled out, just so I didn't say it, because I thought I might go into <laughs> it. Um, before I do that, remind me to talk to you about Make the cut and um, or acres, whatever you're looking at, because okay. similar to the Masters, I really like them here uh, for a couple of reasons. But the player that sort of came out with my model, when I put my model really heavily with driving distance um, and around the greens, um, there was a player who was about 300 to 1 that came almost top of that model, Now, when I looked a bit closer, there are reasons that he's 300 to 1, but he's a player that was about a third of this price for the Masters, and it's Dylan Fratelli. So Dylan Fratelli is 13th on tour in driving distance and 5th on tour with his around the green game, um, which for a 300 to 1 shot is very interesting. Now, when you look a bit closer, his irons have been rank bad for a while, and he can't put for toffee. So there's a reason that he's 300 to 1. But this, he went off at hundreds for the Masters um, only, what, a month ago or so. I think that's largely because he, he'd done well the Masters before. Mm. But if it is, smash it long and get up and down. If he has a good week put-in, you never know. The, the past Barcelona might might equalise a little bit. Um, so at 300-1, I wouldn't be shy of putting it I I mean no, mm. no great ones, but a couple of quid on him, and um, just in case he does find something in his irons or his putter, um, and he could enter the frame, and you only need a place, don't you, for a what seventy to 66s and um, mm. for the pit So yeah, Dylan Fratelli is the the real bomb that I'd recommend.
0: Okay, yeah, thanks for that. All right, and uh, yeah, tell me about this other uh, this this, this um, uh, make the cut sort of the thing, or this uh, this thing you were just saying about before.
1: Sure. So I like a novel bet, you know this. Um, and similar to the Masters, um, where there's the 65 and ties rule. Now, the PGA Championship is the only tournament in the calendar that is still 70 and ties um, because of the PGA, and they've kept it as that. Um, it's the only one left. Everything else is 65 now. There's 156 players in the field, which is a big field. But I've gone down odds check and I had a look, and 50 of those 156 to one, uh, 156 players are 500 to one and above. So you've got to think the vast majority of those players are going to miss the cut no matter how well they play according to their baseline. So by my maths, that leaves approximately, let's say four or five of those players make the cut. That leaves you 100, 110 players and 70 in ties make the weekend. So you're only really going to lose, say if there's 10 ties, you're going to lose about 20 players, 30 players maybe, which means you get some really nice odds on players to make the cut. Some of my picks, your likes of Sink and Kirk, are not far away from even money to make a cut, to make a cut where there's only really 110 players in the tournament, despite there being 156 in the field, because a lot of the bottom end is made up of local PGA professionals, of your your ex-winners, your John Daly's and people like that. And despite him being long in his time, I think it's a bit beyond the time when the likes of John Daly, YI, Yang are going to make the cut. Um, And then you get your pros from all around the world with your Danny Van Tonders, who's been excellent on the Sunshine Tour. But this is such an enormous step up. Um, Mm -hmm. And then your your Brian Gaze, who who I can probably hit it further than, um, which is some achievement, I tell you. Um, Mm -hmm. So I just think there's a lot of also runs in this field, despite it being big. And if by some stroke of luck there happens to be 15 people tying to make the cut, then these hackers make... They're a nice little opportunity to make an awful lot of profit for very little stake. Um, so they're available on only a couple of bookmakers, so you'll have to shop around. Um, there's only a couple that let you mul- let you combine them in multiples rather than mm. just have a single on them. Um, so I'm pretty well invested in to make the cut hackers. Um, I'd advise just have a look. Have a look at four or five of your favourite players. If they're between, what, 60 and 100 to 1, you're going to get a reasonable out- uh, recompense for your outlay. Um, definitely something that's worth looking at just because of the makeup of the field um, and it gives a bit of interest if you don't play fantasy sports, DFS or Fangio whatever it is it gives you some interest on Friday as well to to have a bit of a cut sweat which which never hurts
0: Okay, Matt. I think that's that's a great uh, piece of advice. So um, yeah, if you, if, you know, as I say, listeners have a bit of a have a bit of a look for that for a bit of added interest. If you, are as I say, looking for something a, a, bit, a slightly different angle to come at it from. All right, Matt. Well, I think that will do us. Um, uh, Matt Phillips. Uh, very. Uh, uh, you know, uh, thank you so much for your time again. Um, anyone who wants to follow Matt, it's four um, f o r e underscore uh, bet. Uh, is that
1: that's your Twitter, isn't it? It is in, indeed, yeah. For, yeah. as in you've a dodgy drive. Fit, therefore, our uh, A underscore bet.
0: Yeah. So, uh, anyone wants to follow uh, Matt's uh, tweets throughout the week um, and, and throughout the tournament, uh, he's a great guy to follow. Uh, and uh, as I say, um, he comes at it from a, 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 a you know a, a lot of stats and a lot of information. So, a great guy to follow. And uh, you know, thank you, listeners. We're getting a, you know more and more listeners all the time. So, thanks for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. And we, as I say, we'll keep trying to. Bring uh, bring you guys value and and uh, and and give you our reasonings for for what who we like and why. So uh, good luck, Matt, and uh, we'll talk to you um, next week.
1: Yeah, likewise. Looking forward to the week, Matt. Good luck with the bets. Thanks, mate. You too.
0: Bye. Bye.